0: the light of Christmas. And with that, I would like us to turn to the Bible and we're going to look at our main reading for this morning and indeed as an anchor point for the series for this year. And it is a very familiar passage. It is in Isaiah chapter 9, uh, verses 2 to 7. Why don't we read this together? It'll be on the screen. uh, And if you're at home, it'll be on your screen as well. it's from the prophet Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, and we're going to read from verses 2 to 7. Let me read this. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor you have broken as on the day of Midian. Every boot of the trampering warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called. You know, at the start of this passage, one, is it not so familiar to us at this time of the year, we see in one sentence, we see in one sentence a summary of the reason for Christmas. Did you spot it? You see, the Christmas story is one which is part of a much larger, much bigger story, an eternal story. It's not confined to a major in Bethlehem. Not frozen in time 2,000 years ago, but a story encompassing the whole of creation and including you and I. It is a story of truly epic proportions. And to, for us to fully understand the invitation of Christmas and the importance of it, we need to understand this cosmic story that we find ourselves in. And what do we read here? THE PEOPLE WHO WALK IN DARKNESS. SEE, NO SURPRISE, YOU SEE, THIS COSMIC STORY THAT WE'RE IN IS ABOUT DARKNESS AND LIGHT. THAT IS WHAT WE'RE TALKING ABOUT WHEN IT COMES TO CHRISTMAS. AND SO WHAT DARKNESS IS IT TALKING ABOUT WHEN WE READ THIS PASSAGE? WHO IS WALKING IN THIS DARKNESS? IS IT RELATED TO THOUSANDS OF YEARS AGO OR DOES IT APPLY TO US? Well. Clearly, at Christmas time, we sing carols about darkness, don't we? In the bleak midwinter, shall I sing it? No, good. Well done. (laughs) In the bleak midwinter, I won't do any more. What a lovely carol! That's based on a poem. It talks about that darkness, doesn't it? And you see, don't you? It getting dark around what four o'clock now? I think. Can you believe it? Every year, I know it shouldn't surprise me, but it does. It's four o'clock. But so while the season demonstrates in the physical sense, the darkness around us, what it points to is the spiritual darkness that we live in, in this present age. And you see, in order to understand about that and why that is the case, we need to go back to the beginning of the story. Mm. I've been watching too many movies where they do... Flashbacks. But come back with us to Genesis 1. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. Well done. There was light physically around us, and there was also spiritual light. What does that mean? It means that we had relationship with a heavenly Father. We could see him for who he was. We walked with him in the call cool of the afternoon. But then something happened, didn't it, that changed all that? Adam and Eve made a choice to disobey God and listen instead to the lie of the devil, which was this, that we could be like God. That lie hasn't changed, by the way. It might crop up in many different forms. But it's the same old lie. You can be like God. You can know what is right and wrong. You can have subjective truth if you wish. For there is no God, you can be like God. That same lie that, that we hear so often. And so what happened? When Adam and Eve disobeyed God and they agreed with the devil, something happened of cosmic proportions that would change the course of history. In that moment, we were plunged into darkness. Whilst the star sun still shone and day still existed, Spiritually, we could no longer see. We were plunged into darkness. No longer being able to see God, to see his truth. No longer being able to see his face and walk with him. Lies became our truth and truth became alien to us. And we were taken away from the very presence of God, and we walked into an existence of spiritual darkness. The people who walked in darkness. So what was God going to do? Our God, full of compassion, full of love, full of mercy for us, initiated his rescue plan. Operation Rescue, a rescue plan which he had planned all along. Of course, this did not take God by surprise. The free will that he gave man was exercised and he, God is outside of time. He knows the end from the beginning. He knew what man would do. But his rescue plan was initiated. And what would happen? Light would come in and break into the darkness. And light has a name. Jesus. Jesus would come. But why did why did God bother? Have you ever asked yourself that question? We find the answer in John chapter one. What does it say? Through Him, Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And then it says in verse 11 this. This is such um, a profound statement. It says this. He came to that which was his own. Why did he come for us? Because it's personal. You see, Jesus didn't just come down to a world he did not know, to a people he had no idea about, into a situation that he was unclear on. He came because of his love for us and his desire to break into the darkness that enslaves us. You see, God didn't want to watch us as we scrambled and stumbled in the darkness on the way to destruction, but instead... He emptied himself and took the form of flesh, taking the lowest form in the lowest place, a stable to be with us. Emmanuel, God with us. I was on the way in listening to Classic FM and they were playing that old carol away in a manger, a crib for a bed little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet hand. You know, he came in to this world in a manger as a babe, but he died on a cross as a man for each one of us. You see, you can't celebrate Christmas without celebrating the reality of the cross. Because otherwise it wouldn't mean anything. As the Apostle Paul said, Jesus didn't rise and rise again. What are we here for? That's a paraphrase. Let's hear Jesus' own words on this subject. We find them in John chapter 8, verse eight, 8, verse 12. Jesus says, This I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have light life. I am the light. I am the only light that can break into the darkness that you are walking in. And you see, the power of the cross is this, that he took on the just punishment that is due us. I know we don't like to hear this. For some of us, it's a bit shocking that A God who is full of grace and mercy would somehow need to punish, but God is a God of justice. He doesn't change his character from one day to the next. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But rather than require you to pay the price, he sent his only son as a baby in a manger to do it for you. Can you believe that? Isn't that amazing? I find that extraordinary, that an almighty, omnipotent, omnipresent God would make a decision to send his only begotten son as a babe into a manger so that he would grow up, live a sinless life, and be the perfect spotless lamb and die on the cross in order that he can be the perfect sacrifice for you and I. I find that extraordinary. And sometimes the problem with Christmas is it is so familiar to us, so warm and fuzzy, and I don't mind all that. I love that that we somehow miss the point of it, that somehow in the fun and the celebration, which it's great and we want to enjoy, the familiarity that it brings means that somehow we forget the whole point of it, that light needed to come because we were in darkness. And there was only one destination for Jesus, and that was Golgotha on the cross, because it was in that place when the victory was made. And what did Jesus say? It is finished. You see, you can't add anything to your salvation. Your works won't get you there. Jesus' work on the cross was sufficient. We fall into this gospel of works, don't we? Well, if I only do this, that and the other, then God will approve of me. No, he sent his son, Jesus, the light of the world, to die on a cross because he was perfect on your behalf. That is the divine exchange of the cross, isn't it? Jesus bore the punishment for us, and that means we're justified by, in God's sight. What does justified mean? It simply means this. Just if I'd been on that cross. Just if I'd been on that cross, and in that moment, the righteousness, the holiness of Christ was then given to us wow. Am I the only excited one here? You can, you can be Pentecostal if you want. Well, you, thank you. You can shout an amen. If you get excited, you can express yourself. I won't mind. It's fine. Just don't hurl tomatoes or potatoes at me or something like that or eggs. Amen. Thank you, brother. And you know, this cosmic battle has an ending. And can I tell you this? Light always wins. The darkness has to flee. You should read Revelation. You should see what happens at the end. It's very good. But, uh-oh, there's a button. In this. Yes, there is a button. All of that celebration, we have to make a choice. Let's read what John, in John chapter 3, verse 19. What did Jesus say? A shocking indictment. If I've ever read one. And this is the verdict. The light has come into the world. Men love their darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. Oh my word. We have a choice as to whether we walk in that light. We have a choice as to whether we say yes this Christmas time. You see, listen, Christmas is always an invitation. An invitation to walk in the light of Jesus. And I don't mean an invitation if if you're a Christian or not. I'm not actually talking about. I'm talking for each one of us. Whether you know the Lord or whether you don't, it's an invitation. If you don't know the Lord, it is an invitation to say, will you say yes to the Savior of the world that came as a babe and grew as a man and died on the cross? Will you say yes? And for us who already walk with Jesus, the question is this. Will you continue to walk in the light that you profess to say yes to? Because there's a difference between justification, justified being on the cross, and sanctification. You see, we have to walk out. You know, we sang that beautiful song, Jesus, Holy and Anointed One. Thank you, worship team, for that song. Your name, oh, I love that song. Your name is a word, was it? Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Psalm 115. You see, not only in that moment that we become a new creation, that we are justified, our eyes are opened, and we see God for who he is, and we see the truth for who he is, but when we walk, the Holy Spirit is within us, perfecting that work of faith. We have choices every day. Are we going to continue to walk in that that light? Are we going to continue to walk in the truth? Are we going to continue to seek Jesus Are we going to continue to throw off everything, as the writer of Hebrews says, that hinders us from running the race that's been marked out for us? We don't have to stumble and fall into sin. Yes, it happens. But here's the reality of it. We are being changed from the inside out because light has broken into our hearts. We don't need to stay in that place. The people who walked in darkness. This wasn't written for a people. While well, it was written for a people thousands of years ago. It applies to us today. The light which Jesus brings is a light which brings hope where we are hopeless. The light which Jesus brings is a light which brings joy in him in spite of what we are going through. The light which Jesus brings is a peace unmovable, not dependent and not impacted by the shifting sands of this world. The light which Jesus brings is a light of freedom, free from the destructive path of sin and death. The light which Jesus brings is salvation. Restored relationship with a God who loves us. But like any good story, there is a plot twist because it doesn't end there. Why? What happens? Oh, you're going to love this. Are you ready? Clearly not. (laughs) Are you ready? Yes. We become that same light. (gasps) What? Surely that's sacrilegious can't say that, really. Let me just tell you what Jesus said. Matthew 5.14. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, listen, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father. Amen. I've got news for you. You are that light at Christmas too. You are that light too. The question for us and the challenge for each one of us and I, I have this challenge too. Are we gonna be a light to others around us this Christmas? Are we going to be bold and say, I'm gonna be that light on a stand and I'm gonna proclaim the invitation of Christmas this year? Am I gonna use Christmas as an opportunity to say, you know, there's a reason for Christmas and it doesn't end in Bethlehem, but it ends in Jerusalem on a cross outside the city gates. Are you gonna say that? That's the opportunity, that's the invitation. And I feel challenged to take it up. I'd like to invite the band up. And so there are many questions this Christmas time for us as we think about in this series, the light of Christmas. Let us all stand together.